Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Hello, Clifford. <laughs> Quid pro quo, Clifford. Hello, Clifford. We are a show that watches shows and expect <laughs> other people to watch shows. Have your lambs stopped screaming, Clifford? <laughs> it will also tell you about the streaming wars and what to stream and where to stream them with a nice Chianti. Happy President's Day, Jason Smith. Happy President's Day, Clifford. Is it uh is this a real holiday? Yeah, today this this year I think it actually is. Hi everybody. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our holiday edition. Uh the market's closed, the banks are closed. I mean, so that seems Schools like a are thing. closed. Uh, well, I mean. But have the lambs stopped screaming for you, Cliff Dorfman? The la- oh, Nancy has joined us, which I love. Yeah, well, if it is a holiday, because she's off, so that's really a good thing. And I will say this: I started watching what she told us to watch, The Vanished, that Peter yeah. Fascinelli movie. Yeah, I'm about halfway in right now, but I'm into it. Yeah. She's not wrong. No, it's pretty good. I mean, look, I love Thomas Jane, and Peter Fascinelli's not playing a big part, so he's doing his director thing. What are you gonna uh-huh. What are you gonna say? You look at your best. Sell me on Thomas Jane. What, yeah, you does anybody love Thomas? Like I've never heard anybody. I, love, go, I love Thomas Jane. I've heard people like. <laughs> did you not watch Hung? Did you not what? watch Hung? Oh yeah, I thought was yeah, but I don't. I guess I wasn't. As I don't know. I guess I just didn't. No, I guess no? maybe. Did I? Did you see that? Uh, That's the, the Jiggle one, right? The bank. Yeah, exactly. With the well, Hung. I, yeah, you Jiggle. I feel yeah. like all I really know Thomas Jane from was like the Punisher movie. Um, I mean, but that was pretty not bad. That was pretty. I mean, it was pretty not bad, but yeah, I I didn't know. But love, love is just such a hard, big word for it. I guess. I guess I just didn't see. I get. I I mean, I like the deep blue. I don't remember him in the mist. And uh, hung. You don't remember not, him in the mist. He was the lead of the mist. I guess I don't remember the mist. Like, yeah, that's that what I'm probably saying. sounds more like that's what, what it is. You don't, you don't remember the mist. I was real. Like, I maybe I was on. Some, I was on this really cool party drug called mist. Wait, he was in Buffy and the Vampire Slayer too. I mean, this guy's been working forever, and and there was a movie stander that he did that was fantastic about uh, bank robbers. I feel like I missed this whole thing. Story. I might go, you know, Bra- you know, Brandon just giving us a quick shout out. He's great as Mickey Mantle in sixty one. Maybe what I've done is I've just ignored oh, yeah. this great person's work, and I was like, ah, he made a he made a, a mad Punisher, and I was like, yeah, I guess. I, I, nah. Yeah, the, that one that was directed by Billy Crystal, the the sixty one with um, oh, oh Barry Pepper. Oh the oh yeah I remember that one the the Mickey Mouse the hunt for Curly's gold it yep. was great no I see you're just making that up <laughs> you're just having a you're having a laugh having a laugh um no but I I I, I guess I just didn't know but I I've never I've actually just never heard the phrase ever said out loud with all those words except maybe by his mom and his uh, partner I love mm-hmm. Thomas Jane I love him too. I love Thomas Jane. <laughs> I love him. And let me tell you something. I just realized that Nancy, I see posted uh, that she says I was in it for Jason Patrick and then the hubba hubba part. But I will say this, the sheriff who up until this exact second, I didn't fucking realize it was Jason Patrick because the guy's a shapeshifter and, and he did his first scene where he sits down with the couple uh, with Anne Haitian and, 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 and Thomas Jane. And the second he finished that scene, I was like getting a little misty, no pun intended. I was like, that guy's good. I was like, who is that guy? And then I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, of course, it's fucking Jason Patrick. Guy can do anything. This is well, like, I can, like I can, come on. I have no problem saying that out loud. I love Jason Patrick. Love ever since, Jason Patrick. Ever since love, your love, friends love. and neighbors, um, I have oh. had a crush on uh, Jason oh, Patrick's acting. He's oh, yeah. fucking badass. The best. I'm telling you, watch After Dark, my sweet. 
After Dark My Sweet, and I'm gonna watch Vanishing, and then I'm gonna watch the entire Thomas Jane Gallery. I have something to watch now. So Stuck at Home has has given me something today. And that's a, the idea that I should appreciate Jason Patrick. <laughs> or not Jason, not Jason Patrick. We already love Thomas Jane. Right. I mean, listen, with Thomas Jane, you know, I think it was in the expanse too. But you know what he hasn't been in? He hasn't been in the Hannibal universe. He hasn't been in the Hannibal universe. Very no, few. and I, I mean, so we watched Clarice. And I guess we're going to get into this, right? But we'll I, I was, I was, oh. um, what? We'll should talk about, the, yeah, we should wait on that part, but it's not just Clarice <sighs> just, just coming out, but a week from now, basically it's the, um, the, the, the 30th anniversary of the silence of the lambs release. It's right. the 20th anniversary of the Hannibal movie release. Um, and now Clarice is coming on the tail of this. It's kind of the, what do they call it? The Lecterverse, right? There's a bunch of stuff based around these. Is that what content. it's called? The Lecterverse? Is I that think that's what thing? somebody, somebody's trying to start it like fetch. Who knows if it'll come on? Because some of this stuff, and you, we're going to talk about this with Clarice, there's no lector in that lectorverse. That's a big deal. So, uh, so we're going to have to figure that stuff out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We got this new show that's coming out that's got, you know, a lot of fanfare, um, you know, and coming off what I would consider one of the best network and most avant-garde in a sort of way network TV shows to come out in the last 15 years, 20 years on, you know, network TV with Hannibal. Uh, I, I thought it was excellent. You know, I want to I want to figure all that stuff out, but um, I'm really not the person to talk to about all this. But we do have somebody here. Who, no, who we is. do. We do. And, and I mean, you know, is it worth mentioning that I had that, you know, the one line in, in Red Dragon? It is. Absolutely. I want to I want to go into that. I want you and Brandon to get into that, too. And I'm not. <laughs> So we I'll should just in. we should just do it, right? We yes. should just get brand. So our, our our you know another stuck at home is someone we love, uh, you know our um, recurring guest because we just love having him on and love talking to him. And our stereo and our stereo friend that we've done some stereo. T- you did a stereo talk with him um, just the other day. Um, yeah, entertainment um, news. The he's the great Catsby on the stereo, which I love that handle. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, we've had some great talks over there and listened to you know some stuff on the Netflix pieces on Must Watch Netflix edition. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah which, you know, listen, and by the way. If you're not listening to that podcast, subscribe. Uh, must watch Netflix edition on Starburns Audio. That being said, so without any further ado, the senior entertainment editor for Observer, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Katz. Yeah, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Brandon? How you doing, buddy? Welcome back. I'm having an old friend for dinner today, Cliff. <laughs> That's nice. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> I think that might be better than um, her her uh, her Clarice accent. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm glad that you're bringing me on to talk about this. I was going into Clarice with a lot of hype because, like you and Jason been talking about, big fan of Lectiverse. Wasn't for me that first episode. Nope, nope, all the way out. All right, all the way out. So, so okay, what what happened here? I mean, what what really happened here? Because it, it I understand Network is going to make you do a certain amount of exposition. Jenny Lumet is Sydney Lumet's daughter, right? I want to say I think his so. daughter. I mean, it's not like she's. You know, she's learned from one of the greatest in the world. Um, what ha- And Alex Kurtzman, I mean, is he like from Family Guy? Is that who that is? Kurtzman, he's done a, a ton of stuff, both across uh, like the Star Trek, uh, small screen oh. universe, a lot of script punch-ups and for the big screen. So he, he's been around. 
to me, it has nothing to do with the talent involved, and it has everything to do with the fact that, in my personal opinion, broadcast television is incapable of making a compelling, consistently intellectually stimulating drama for the past, I don't know, decade plus. And I actually wrote an article recently on Observer about three TV revivals we actually want to see, one of which was, of course, Hannibal, a season four. And essentially what I said is that, you know, with all due respect to the cathartic, ugly, cry-inducing This Is Us, which I do get a kick out of, a certain niche gets definitely gets scratched by that. Mm-hmm. Hannibal is the, is the best broadcast TV show of the last decade and maybe the best broadcast drama uh, since Lost. And Clarice is so unbelievably bogged down by the generic middle-of-the-road, four-quadrant appealing requirements of a yes. CBS, a dinosauric broadcast network, that it, it, it saps any ability for it to be singular or ambitious. And all we got was just a cop procedural that can't even legally mention the most interesting part about its own premise. Yeah, I feel like you should have let this go, you know. And again, I, I don't want to take anything away from the acting because the, the performances were fun. Yeah. I feel like that that Australian woman uh, is is uh, Rachel. Is that her name? I think she's. Uh, yeah. Is that her name? Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Rachel Breed. I think is her name yeah. off the top of my head. Something like that. Jason will pop in in a second and tell yeah. us. But here's the thing: is that I feel like she she was fine. You know, like she's good. Like I could see her actually being compelling in in something else. Um, and, and she did a fine job here. But you're, what you're saying is true. It's you know, you're starting out a year later and all it is, the entire pilot feels just exposition, expository, expository, expository. Hey, and then like literally they pull off the mask on the dude like it's (laughs) Scooby-Doo. You know, like if it wasn't for you meddling kids, I would have gotten away with the suicide, making it look like one. Exactly. The way it unfurls is as conventional, vanilla and generic as 99% of all broadcast dramas, especially in the last decade or so. And I think that's such a missed opportunity for this world that is inherently dark, that is inherently beautiful and artistic based on the renderings we've seen from a Jonathan Dem, from, you know, uh, the the NBC show. So when this comes and it just the most middle of the road attempt at material that deserves something a bit grander, a bit more operatic, it bores the crap out of me. And again, yeah. nothing to do with the talent involved, both behind the camera and in front of the camera. I think all of those can make a great show. Just Didn't. CBS doesn't allow it. It doesn't enable it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think Jason brought up some. First of all, it's, it's, it's uh, Rebecca Breeds, not that's, Rachel. So Rebecca right. Breeds is Clarice, as uh, we knew Jason would pop something up there. Uh, but but what, what Jason was saying to me earlier when we were discussing this before we got on air is this concept that, like, you know, the pilot, you know, it's not like you ever, you know, the pilot's the best episode I ever saw said no one ever, you know, it's like, <laughs> maybe you know, it's the like, night of, maybe I think other than that, it's very hard. Oh yeah. The night of, I mean, you know, but then no. again, they don't order that as a pilot. They order right. that as a to go series. It's mm-hmm. like, so you're not shooting a pilot to see if you're getting picked up and then you're figuring out the strings that you have to start attaching. You know, you're, you're walking into this and, and, and that's where, again, don't you think at least they might've benefited from, you know, you know, bang out two of them. Two or three, yeah. let us watch it like the flight attendant. And it's so unfortunate, too. I understand that CBS has a regular schedule to keep as a broadcast network. But in today's era with CBS All Access, with all of the distribution channels available, you can still make a standard generic procedural that is what Clarice is while getting creative with the delivery mechanisms, while doing some yes. type of rollout campaign to hook us in greater. 
the fact that they're still stuck in the kind of 1990s way of doing television, it boggles the mind. And actually, as I've been wondering this for your specific perspective, as someone with a ton of TV experience, Mm -hmm. how do you think we make a compelling broadcast drama drama in today's day and age, or is it even still possible? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's still possible. I I think, you know, what the first thing they have to do is stop this idea of pilots. Mm. I think that's the first step is because, you know, you, you, you put, a year. So let's say you're just talking about broadcast, right? So, you know, the, the schedule for broadcast, it hasn't changed in God knows how long (laughs) it's, you know, you pitch from uh, pretty much after Memorial day in May uh, up until, you know, around uh, the end of August, you know, beginning of August, really everything, the money's spent already. And then you're, you're writing your scripts, you're writing your scripts, and then you get everything in by January. They're going to tell you what's shooting, you know, now you get to go make your pilot. So you had all this development over these months where you have all these, I don't, I don't feel like I was thinking about this earlier. Can we still say suits? I feel like we got to say like button downs now. Suits seem sexist, right? So it's like all the button downs. I like that. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff, you are not performative, performatively woke. You are authentically cleverly woke. I like that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. Um, but I do feel, okay, so, so you have all these button downs and you're, you're getting all of these like notes like, oh, well, and, and, and again, I feel like you have these network uh, executives that assume your audience is stupid which is the worst assumption that you can make. <laughs> That's funny, Jason. Um, and Jason just put up this just in Cliff is woke as AF. All right, moving on. I, I, so, so I feel like, you know, they're, they're assuming automatically that the, the audience should be shortchanged. Like, oh, they're dumb. Yeah. We have to, you know, put in what well, we need to put in that she's in therapy and like, well, it's a year after you shot and killed Buffalo Bill and he was stitching the skin on people. Like, tell everybody what it is. Oh, when we meet the attorney general, let's make sure we know that her daughter was the daughter who was the victim. It's like, yo, just chill out, let people, but okay. So you get to that place, January, you're shooting all your pilots. You hand everything in, and now every network, however many pilots they shot, they're choosing now the ones that are going to go on the air for that season by the end of May again. So it's a year process, but until you hit the upfronts, which is in May, right? Yeah. So, and that's where they'll tell you all the pilots that were picked up. Now, you, let's say you're a pilot that got picked up. You got to, you know, hire your writing room. You got to go in. You got to start going, oh, let's connect all that tissue of all these characters. And the characters haven't even, they've only been acting on one show. That's it. You know, it's a 43-minute debacle, let's say, at the best, you know, case of exposition and, uh, you know, some action. Now you have to go in and start making it cohesive. That's why I think immediately you get rid of this idea of let's shoot a pilot. If you like a series, let the creators come in and pitch the series. And this is what it's going to be for the first season and by the season. That's where I think you start. And it's no surprise, in my opinion, that NBC and ABC, two of the more forward-thinking broadcast networks, have largely stepped out of traditional pilot season over Mm -hmm. the last few years to to experiment with exactly what you're saying. And CBS, which, listen, they're the top-rated network every year for about 20 years, so props to that. But they are considered the old, white, stodgy, stuck-in-their-ways network as well. And, you know, their audience is certainly older than the other broadcast networks as well and less diverse. So... Everything yeah. you're saying that they are still Im- embedded in the old dinosauric outmoded pilot season uh, process, it, it's on brand. You know what I mean? Yes, it's on brand. It's like uh, more Mark Harmon. Yeah. And, and to yeah. me, Clarice, I actually compare it to The Stand, which premiered exclusively on CBS All Access, recently delivered its final episode. It's two source materials that just simply cannot be adapted 
with broadcast sensibilities, whether that is the yes. content you are putting out there or the shot composition and physical aesthetic, uh, visual aesthetic and look of the, the project. They just do not mesh at all. And it is this bizarre, I don't want to say hodgepodge, but it almost feels at conflict with itself when you're watching either. I agree completely. What's up, Jace? No, I just, I, I think that what you guys are saying is really spot on. And it just got me thinking like the one show on CBS All Access I enjoy it was, and, and I thought came out of the gate strong was uh, uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was created by the same person, like was show run by Brian the same Fuller. person who ran, Brian Fuller, who ran Hannibal. But it's not something they ever showed. You know, they eventually put on the network, but they really had a hard time and didn't want to put up there because it does not mesh with those those ideals. Yeah, the fact that Hannibal got three seasons is is you know actually beyond. It's a testament to NBC. Well, that's, and well, that's NBC. But this you know this was CBS. Like and Brian Fuller did that that Star that Star Trek show on there. But it just they they made it a it, they went made it a streaming only because it didn't look like what you'd see on CBS. Yeah, and and I think at some point, don't you think they're going to have to just you know uh, kind of throw in the, the the towel and say, broadcast is, how much longer can we do this? We're changing our name to Paramount Plus. This is happening like March 4th, right? Yes, sir. They're rebranding completely their streaming service. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, and we know what we've seen already on Paramount, whether it was, uh, what was it, Tango, Whiskey? Whiskey Tango know? Foxtrot? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Was that the show with uh, like uh, Christina no, Rodlow? And- 68 Whiskey or Whiskey 68? Oh, yeah, Whiskey, whiskey 68. Yeah, um, but well, there's also that was Cavalier whiskey. That was Bill Lawrence, which I can't find which I really anywhere. Liked. But it's the one Bill Lawrence show I've never got to see because I didn't realize it was his. Oh, it was really good actually. Even though it was with uh, what's it? You would think Scott Foley wasn't that good, and he was ended up being uh, great. Well, Scott Foley comes from the the Lawrence verse. He's also in. He plays a big role in uh, Cougar Town and Scrubs, or at least a reoccurring. So I miss it already, and I never got to see it. And that's one with Lauren Cohen from uh, Walking Dead, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. I never, I never caught that one either. She's Sorry. great. She is really good. She's a good I mean, actress. I really love that show. There was a great romantic comedy thing going on that Lawrence. You know, listen, I was not a Cougar Town fan, but listen, he's great at this. But okay, so so let's back it up though. So we have Hannibal, and and let's talk about this because do you, Brandon, think there is a Lecterverse or you know a, uh, a you know whatever? Let's call it a Lecterverse. I don't necessarily know if there's a Lecterverse in the sense that we think of it in modern terms, courtesy of Kevin Feige and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I do think it is a source material capable of supporting multiple pieces of IP at once in the sense that, guys, Silence of the Lambs was 20 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and there is still content attached and surrounding it. That says to me, that it has staying power and it is iconic to a certain degree, which obviously the science of the land. Can't you, can't you see a like a like a, a story about a man who opens up a small bar and all, and then steals the women for clothes called Buffalo Bills? Like that's the name of the <laughs> name of the restaurant. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could do that. But the question is really how the TV show. Let's talk about Hannibal for a second, right? Because Clarice, we kind of know where it fits. It fits kind of neatly in there. But what it bangs against is, you know, the idea of how the TV show of Hannibal fits into the movie timeline, right? Because he's a grown man, uh, lector, and a seasoned psychiatrist when the Hannibal series begins. So, uh, it, so it slots in long after what was it the uh, the '07 prequel movie Hannibal Rising. I never saw Hannibal Rising, but to me, it's it's. Uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, obviously, preceded by Red Dragon, which I am excited to talk to you about, Cliff, <laughs> followed by Hannibal Ridley Scott's film, and then essentially followed by now Clarice, which is one year, I think it's one yeah. year after 
uh, Silence of the Lambs. Now, yes, that is the same continuity, which I get, even though I don't necessarily consider MCU-esque. But then I think NBC's Hannibal is it's in its own universe, if we want to yeah. use that terminology. So if you want to get a little timeline into it, uh, the way Hannibal fits into everything is basically the first chapter of Red Dragon goes over this, uh, this killer that they end up chasing for the first season in Hannibal. Right. Um, and it leads up through, and it does, it's Hannibal's third season, the second half of its third season is the Red Dragon story. Tooth Fairy, baby. Yep. Right, it ends, exactly. It thing. ends at the. It ends at the. It ends at that, and then they jump off the cliff together. Uh, Moriarty, uh, Sherlock, um, uh, in love style, right? So they they uh -huh. they jump into the they jump into the water together in love, and uh, and that's how that ends. But then that they, they should basically wake up. Will should be somewhere because um, Will goes crazy, and in the in the book they talk about that how he needed to be put into an asylum. Lecter's in jail, and this is where Clarice should walk in. Unfortunately, that's the big piece that we don't have because. Like now, you, I think you explained this to me. Clarice and Hannibal are two separate IPs that can be sold independently of each other. Yeah. That, so yeah, go I, tell us that, Brandon. I, I believe they're completely disconnected. You know, they are not in the same universe. Uh, they're not. I, I don't. Oh think no, I, that that I understand. What I meant was like, if somebody wanted to buy the rights to the entire story, you'd have to buy all the rights to each individual character. At this point, is that how? Is that is, that's am a I great question? I actually can't answer that. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be smarter than I am. I, I don't have a, an answer to that. What I imagine is that it would take some nifty negotiations by your agent if that's your ambition. Let's put it that way. I mean, okay, yeah, it is very confusing though, right? Because when you're talking about this guy, you know, Thomas Harris's books and how they're fitting neatly or not neatly into anyone's spot, and then you're talking anyone's slot, and then you're talking about Clarice and how they're doing that, and you could see with Clarice even in the pilot, don't you think like with the bites, you know, even though it ended up being something else, didn't you feel like they were teasing the? But it, it's so much after. And let's talk about Manhunter, which Michael Mann directed with you know Will Peterson, which I actually love. Have you guys seen this? I saw it long ago when I was a kid. I do remember. Oh my god, the actor's name escapes me. Will Did Peterson. It? Yeah, yeah. Crime scene. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, but oh god, there was there was one other that I can't remember. But uh, essentially, yes, a good overlooked uh, contribution to the if we want to call it the Lecterverse. Right. Well. Well, Manhunter was. Uh the um the original silence of the lamps that's red what dragon. Manhunter red was. dragon manhunter was red dragon the original no, version it? of red yeah red dragon no are you red positive because usually i'm wrong in these cases 100 100 so uh red dragon um the, the which was the prequel movie obviously that that's what put world. him into the loony bin yep yep got you that's why so just real quick so you guys know um what uh, the rights to the the rights to Thomas Harris's characters are split between MGM and the Dino De Laurentiis company. Uh -huh. Clarice showrunner explained that CBS only has the rights to characters introduced in Harris's 1988 novel Silence of the Lambs. Since Hannibal was introduced earlier, they have no rights to him. Kind of like you know, if you watch that, if you were into it, which I was, the Ash versus the Evil Dead TV show, they couldn't yeah. reference anything that happened in Army of Darkness. Different studios even those same characters. So they only have the rights to the characters that were introduced officially in that book. But so, how the hell does that work? Because in Silence of the Lambs, Lecter's in Silence of the Lambs. So but how he was that... introduced earlier. So yeah. because he was introduced earlier. Yeah, that's exactly okay. it. That's what becomes That's what confuses the shit out of me about IP. I don't even know how you do That's like, I understand in Wizard of Oz, you can't use the ruby slippers anywhere but MGM because MGM created the ruby slippers specifically right. for the movie. But like these types of weird breakdowns, like, 
you know, this is getting into that weird Spider-Man Sony category. Yes. And that's part of the reason I want to call it the Lectorverse because it's bullshit. And it's just a bunch of arguing <laughs> between old people about the rights to to, to words on paper from yeah. two different books of the same source material. But by the way, before you jump off again, Jason, I mean, I just want to digress for one second because you brought up the Wizard of Oz. Have you guys seen that they're, they're, they're planning a remake? Of the Wizard of Oz. If we get open that can of worms, we're going to be there all day. Fuck. (laughs) Why? Just watch the Wizard of Oz. Everyone (laughs) sees it. My kid knows. There's no kid that doesn't know the Wizard of Oz. Why are we doing this? What? What if we? What if? Do you think Hannibal could appear? It'd be easier for Hannibal to appear in a Wizard of Oz remake than it would be in Clarice. I bet you. MGM has two of them. (laughs) MGM's got a piece of both. I mean, I feel like we can do a crossover event. And Cliff, like, I, I just looked it up. The, the guy I was forgetting too, Brian Cox in Manhunter. Was just, oh, I that, was that. Yeah, that was Lecter. Yeah, was Lecter. Yeah, I just slipped Before in my Hopkins mind. came yeah. in and, and, you know, and was only allowed to do the one. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we can do Red Dragon. But then, oh, it's so confusing. This is what I'm saying. So there's a Lecterverse, but it makes, it really does make no sense. On top of which, it leads or it, it burns me to ask the question, why did they do Clarice? Why do this? Why now? Why when you can't have Lecter? What is the purpose? I don't see this. I, I, can t- I can tell you exactly what the purpose is. It's the fact that every single Hollywood entity is right now intent on recycling their own libraries, leveraging pre-existing IP that audiences are familiar with. And as cynical and terrible as that is, and as much as film Twitter people complain, the fact is audiences vote with their wallets and their changing behaviors over the last 20 odd years has led us to this situation that Hollywood currently finds itself in, where it's all about franchises, reboots, familiar IP and original new fresh concepts are too far a leap from a financial betting standpoint for these studios to back. That's exactly why. Well, I mean, and this is, you know, this, this kind of leans into this bigger thing like you brought up. There's that movie now that came out on, uh, on Amazon, which is, uh, basically Groundhog's Day in Palm Springs as a YA movie. It's like, they're just like, oh, just go remake something. Like, no, no one cares. We're not going to pay anyone for anything. I mean, did you, do you know the movie I'm talking about? This, yeah. this thing? I actually now? really love Palm Springs. Oh, I loved, loved, loved. <laughs> okay, so you like it, but you're saying, yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. about the Amazon Prime one, um, uh, which is. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. I thought you meant who? Uh, okay, yeah. No, no, the Hulu one is is Palm great, Spring. but there was a new uh, movie, and and Jason, if you don't mind, fine, that that just came out with it's a YA version of Groundhog's Day and Palm Springs. Got it. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's that's coming from someone whose job it is to know what you're talking about. So they <laughs> clearly didn't do a good job. Well, but this is what I'm saying is that this is where we find ourselves, you know, in, in this this kind of neverland of of oh well, you know, it's it's this IP or it's this thing. Everybody knows this, so we're not like you said, we're not going to risk any financial leap with anything that everyone hasn't already said we already saw and liked. Just out of curiosity, because I I'm not sure which one you're talking about either, but is is it could it be the map of tiny perfect things? That's exactly what it is. Nailed it, Jason. The map of tiny perfect things, which is the YA version of Groundhog Day, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Palm Springs. It's Palm Springs. I I absolutely loved, love, love, loved. But this is where we're at, Brandon. So how do we? Is there any chance we get out of this? You know, because it doesn't seem like it. It's that's a great question. The only way to get out of it, again, audience have to vote for their wallet. So with their wallet. So when the next big budget original, uh, you know, mainstream title comes out, maybe Damien Chazelle's 
Babylon, which is assembling an all-star cast in which apparently studios were a little bit wary about because it requires such a significant financial investment and isn't based on any known IP. You got to go out and see it. You got to go out and support it. And when the money follows the concept and the strategy, that is when studios start making their decisions and changing their approaches. So uh, until that happens, no, we'll probably get the 20 millionth version of Batman, you know, the, the, the revival of, of some odd 80s sitcom that no one really watched, but they're just like, yes. hey, people used to think about it. So it's a whole weird cyclical vortex that we're caught in. I know. And, and we see it with the MCU and, and we see it with, I mean, well, DC, I mean, I don't even feel like they're sitting at the, they're, they're kind of at the kids table. <laughs> well, I am, despite what I just said, I am extremely excited for Matt Reeves is the Batman. You are. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think Jason is too, by the way. Matt you Reeves is awesome. I mean, it, it's Robert I, Pattinson, right? Yeah. Robert Pattinson one. The, the preview yeah. that came out last year was amazing. Phenomenal. And also, I mean, I know that we might disagree with this, but I thought that all of the Planet of the Apes movies, even the Franco one, were awesome. I agree. All right, listen, um, anything with Ben Affleck, though, I'm out. Just well, ben Affleck's not in it. Yeah, that's why I'm in. Oh, got it. <laughs> Affleck is going to read. He's going to re redo it to come back to the the Snyder verse. Everything's got a verse these days. The, oh the, well, at God. least the uh, that other one that the supposedly he's back in those Batman's, or at least in that Flash, right? Because everything <sighs> has a verse these days, Jason. Us three need to put our heads together and, and come up with a better name than Lecterverse. We got to think of the, something clever. Yes, right. yes. I mean, but this is where you know you see the Hannibal series. The timeline kind of falls out of step with the film continuity, right? Is is season three, and it partially adapts the Hannibal novel, which is set after Silence of the Lambs because. Fuller couldn't get the rights to include Silence of the Lambs and its characters in Hannibal. So th therefore, the show never adapted anything from the book. Do you see how this is maddening? You know, so it moves much of the Hannibal novels events uh, way up in the timeline to like before Red Dragon. It's like, okay, wait, stop. <laughs> like, I mean, what's going on, Brandon? I what mean, the fuck? There's some wonkery going on, but I would say the <laughs> average everyday TV consumer has not read the Thomas Harris novel. So therefore it's not a problem for them, but for Uber nerds such as your self, Cliff, yes. of which I have the utmost respect, that, you, that is maddening. You know, as someone who who was so douchey to his friends because I read Game of Thrones before there ever was a show, <laughs> I completely understand. Right, so I think the best way to describe how and it's exhausting, man. But how the, the the Hannibal series fits into the 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 movie timeline or the movie universe is to kind of say that it's a sequel to Hannibal Rising and a prequel to Red Dragon, with the caveat that its 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 version of Red Dragon is set after the events of Hannibal the movie. Do you see? After it's, Hannibal the movie. It's so difficult, but the way I approach it is I just consider it completely separate from everything else. I consider it its own creation, almost a reboot of the universe, if you will. And I don't necessarily try to fit it in with the movie timeline because I know that I'm just going to be like uh, Russell Crowe, a beautiful mind, just writing on walls and shit, trying to figure everything out. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you this. was Will? Who do you think is a better kind of foil? Was it Will Graham or Clarice Starling? For Hannibal? Yeah. That's, that's a tough question. I, I think... Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen's chemistry is electric in Hannibal, the show. And I think the fact that there are some clear queer undertones to their dynamic is some boundary pushing stuff, especially for broadcast television. But again, none of this would ever have 
seen the light of day if not for the silence of the lambs, Cleary, Starling, uh, Jodie Foster. So I, I got to go with the original with the kind of addendum that, man, do I love the Hannibal TV show. Yeah. I think if you were just going to go based on the book and the characterization in the book, Will did not fare very well against Hannibal. He got fucked with the entire time. He did not win. You know, the the NBC show made that a lot better. I think Clarice became, it was the more formidable uh, a foe to Hannibal. And I think even Hannibal would think that. And then they then they have sex while eating brains at the end of uh, Hannibal. Sorry to spoil that for anybody who didn't re- read the book and just watched the movie, and that right. ruined everything for me. <laughs> the eating brains part was in, was was amazing. <laughs> and Jaden, to your point, I also think you know uh, Will Graham in Hannibal the TV show is always trying to play with uh, Hannibal Lecter's mental games. He's always mm. trying to meet you, ma- match him on an intellectual level. And I'm not saying Clarice wasn't that smart; she clearly was, but she had no interest in this little cat and mouse game that they were playing. She just was all about her business. And I think that's also why she was in a more advantageous position than Hugh Dancy's Will Graham, who just set himself up to fail at every turn. Exactly. Well, now here's a question. Draw a clock for me. Draw a clock. (laughs) Well, here's another question, right? Are they alluding in Clarice to the fact that Clarice is a lesbian? You know what? I, I said yes when I was talking about it with a friend. I thought it leaned toward yes. Uh, you know, that would actually be a step forward for typical CBS programming. Yes, that's why I'm asking because you can see them like painfully trying to lean into this diversification and this, you know, kind of gender diversity. And, and they're, it's painful because it's like, oh, she's got a best friend, you know, like who is a black woman who happens to be an agent and she knows where the key is. It's like, and she went shopping and they have a second, you know, uh, you know, what are they, what do they call it? Second hand? Uh, what do they call those things? Shorthand. Thank right, you. right, right. Yeah. Right. And, and, Everything is like telegraphing that, yes, they're in a relationship. They have some, but they they won't say it and they won't do it. And, you know, I, I find this is another problem. I really do. Let's build the character. But I do think also it harkens back a little bit to Jodie Foster's version in which you never knew her and Scott Glenn's character who played her director at the FBI. Was it a paternal relationship? Was there something potentially romantic underneath it? I thought that was always an interesting, mysterious dynamic that made you ask a few questions. And I think this does kind of attempt to pick up the torch in that regard. It attempts to, but I mean, you know, then we have a key word. Yeah, exactly. And it was well said, well, well chosen, I should say, but yes, it is an attempt. And then what we lack immediately is that same sort of ambiguity with uh, uh, Clarice and Cudlitz's character. Yeah. You know, it's like, I hate you. I don't like you being here. And in case you don't know, we're going to have the AG tell you in the last scene, he's not over you yet. He's still mad at the way you stepped on his toes. I mean, they were saying that. It, it is so, like I said, generic and basically reverse engineered from what everything was interesting about the original and some of the additional follow-ups to fit into the box that is broadcast television. But I will say I have previously interviewed uh, Michael Cudlitz for Observer and just what a lovely man that guy is. Just an amazing personality and I want him to be in good things. Me too. I mean, look at Southland. I loved Southland. Were you a fan? Uh, I didn't complete it, but from what I have seen, very solid. Very, very solid. I I followed it from NBC all the way over to TNT. I I love that show. And it was the woman's first show created Ray Donovan, right? So, I mean, you know, her first, like, I think created by only, um, so, so look, here's the thing before we let you go. So, so we've established nothing here, you know, (laughs) know, zero progress. No. Well, I mean, in in setting up a lecture verse, we thought I cited Hannibal's really good. 
Oh, Hannibal's great. Yeah. No, and and is there any shot we're going to see a season four? Or is this just now? It's it's done. We're never getting a season four. Then no one's bringing it back. It's not coming <laughs> on Netflix, right? It's just there's no shot. Every every month there seems to be a new update. So recently, Mads Mikkelsen said absolutely there is talk and chatter of a season four. Uh, he he said that recently because of the renewed interest brought by Netflix about May of last year, which is way before Mads Mikkelsen made these made these most recent comments. Uh, Brian Fuller, the creator, said he's knocked on every single door, called every single number, and gotten zero interest. So has something happened in between them with the Netflix interest? I don't know. But I, I would like if you have any behind-the-scenes Red Dragon scoops and stories to, to, to hear. I would love to get those. One day I want to figure out what Brian Fuller does to piss so many people off because it feels like every show he's on, he yeah. lasts a couple of years and nobody wants to talk to him. But all the actors love him. Like, uh, uh, what's her name? That was in... Um, Hannibal, she was also the X Files. Uh, Jillian Anderson left mm. American Gods when Brian Fuller left. Um, so he's he must really it's a certain yeah, she left American Gods because he left. He must he he keeps his he must keep his actors, but he does not must not play well with the brass, Jason. And you gotta fact check me on this. I believe because he left Star Trek Discovery before it hit the air. Yes, I true. believe his original pitch was actually a really, really ambitious and dark anthology series with each episode following a different group of people connected to Starfleet and or their, you know, adjacent uh, mm -hmm. governing bodies. And that obviously didn't gel with what CBS was looking for. You got to fact check me on that. Yeah, but I'll I think, check on that. But I think, and that, listen, I like Star Trek Discovery, but that sounds way more interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you really strong creatives don't usually mesh with these right. buttons. He did, um, you know, Pushing Daisies was one, the first thing that introduced me to him, but like, yeah. Um, he also did the, this great reboot of the Munsters that ended up just being a TV movie. It would have been a much better TV show uh, called Mockingbird Lane. Um, I don't know if you guys remember it. They just released it on I Halloween do. as a one-off. Uh, but it was, you know, especially considering it was just supposed to be off the Munsters, which has like the loosest premise ever. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Pushing Daisies was the Drew Barrymore thing. No? Was she no. in that? No. No. Okay. It was a sitcom. It was a sitcom. Lee Pace and Anna Friel, Kristen Chenoweth was probably the biggest name yeah, involved right. in that movie. Also in American Gods. Yep. So yeah, he brings them, you know, he, he he's keeping his actors. You're right. I think it's the creative aspect and what he wants to do. And these networks, they have very stringent ideas of yeah. like, this is why our audience is going to watch this. And this is, and it gets very um, overwhelming and frustrating. And know? they're and, so unwilling to go outside their comfort zone and take a risk. And listen, there's millions of dollars on the line. I do get it. And you look at something like Hannibal on TV, which we all love, but was criminally underwatched, you know, did not really have a big return on investment there with their low rating. So you understand why these make these choices, but to make compelling art, you got to risk it for the biscuit people. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we don't see a United Artists today. And it would be nice if someone would start one again. That's all I'm saying. You know, a place where artists can go to make things that people will actually like. I think uh, Megan Ellison um, at Annapurna was trying to do that, but because they lost so much money, that's kind of on the back burner now. Yeah, well, you first have to start with someone who has good taste. <laughs> that helps. You know, I mean, and not someone whose daddy gave him a lot of money and doesn't really have good taste. I would take her brother's taste over her taste. So why don't we win the lottery and we start that studio? Boom. Listen, then then we fail and someone says, I have bad taste. I'd rather stick here where I can't fail. No one can join tell us, me I have bad taste. Join us at Creator 8. <laughs> Creator 8 indeed, man. That's what we're doing. 
That's what we're doing, Brandon. So I love having you here, man. So you're going to be back, obviously, again soon. And uh, you have anything final to say about the Electiverse? Clarice is a must-watch. A watch because you have a podcast coming up on Netflix must-watch edition, right? Or is it already out? Clarice, Clarice, no. Clarice is CBS, so we won't actually be covering uh, that show. But on must-watch Netflix edition, we help you navigate the endless drop of new titles on Netflix because it's such an overwhelming sea of content that we analyze the most high profile and we recommend the best of the best. So you know each week, all right, this is coming up. I'm going to hit that because Brandon and my co-host Gene Bentley recommended it. And, you know, we're we're here for you guys. This is a service tool. Real quick before you go then, how excited are you about the crew? (laughs) i am impressed that it is a tv show and that there are people in it and that a lot of people were employed by it and i'm happy thanks for that it's not a reality show i don't think over that no yep kevin you guess guess what kevin james name is in this show it's kevin I just want to let, I just want to throw that out there. This is Kevin James's new series. Yeah, right? yeah, we won't get too deep into it. But yeah, that's the new one that just came out on Netflix. Probably going to be the biggest hit on Netflix in ten years, based on the ranch. Okay, Brandon, I, I love you. Sorry, I didn't mean to end it on a dumb bummer, but uh, every uh, every good Lecterverse show has to end on a little bit of a dour note. A little bit of a dour note. I like that, Jason. Okay, so Brandon Katz watching Netflix, much watch edition. Uh, well, don't watch it. Listen to it. Uh, podcast, yeah. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. I can do this. Jason, pick it up. All right. No, as I say, also find, uh, find uh, uh, Brandon on stereo as uh, the great Gatsby. Um, do, doing shows. Me and, me and Brandon are going to do one here pretty soon. Um, and there's lots, lots more stuff going on over there. We talk a lot about a, de- a bunch of different stuff there, and uh, yeah, much appreciated. You guys, I always love nerding out with you guys. Let's yep, do we'll, until we do it again, which will be very soon, my friend. Thanks and take care. Have a great rest Brandon of your night. Cats, have a great one. Bye Thanks bye. for being here, buddy. That's so much fun. Is it still? No, it's, it's me. Okay, I, I, I have like I did this thing to it, so like, yeah. wait, I might have erased it. Uh, I oh yeah, yeah so really like I could, I could do multiple. Ooh, that's very weak. Like it wasn't that great. Well, you can add them. You can like build that. them up, build them all up together. I was just messing with it. Yeah, Ooh. I had some. I had some fun with it. Did you? Um, yeah. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> you are fake news. <laughs> that I did for one. for Stephanie, so she could have those things. I did. Anyhow. We just, I just messed with a lot of them. Anyways. Anyway, so we should just for a second digress. What is it? Cliff tells Jason to take over and still interrupts. Yes, Nancy, <laughs> that is what I do. This is what I do. And I, but here's the good news. I do it in my me undies. Yeah. Well, here's what I was going to say about that too. <laughs> what were you going to say? I do it. Um, so if you, uh, if you go to me undies right now, Valentine's Day was yesterday. If you're listening to this live, it was, it'll be a couple days if, it, if, you, if you weren't listening to this live. But right now, if you want to get a pair, of, say, you, say, you, say you love the holiday so much or you just love so much, 25% off right now their Valentine's Day collection over at MeUndies. Plus, you can see some butts with cheeks if you go to MeUndies.com website right now. They're, 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 there's, there's butts with cheeks that I'm staring right at. Um, so uh, you can get a, what I call a freebie. Um, go over there. You know what that's check good out some for? Underwear. You're like, honey, I did. I swear, I got you a present. It's just, it's coming. It's just a little late, and now you could order it's it. A little and late. You get it now. You get a big discount on top of it. Yeah, you can like so show the printout and say, hey, listen, I. The reason it's not here yet is I got you a hole 
years worth of underpants or shirts or whatever that you're mm-hmm. doing in your membership, right? You can you can make that happen because you did you know this? You don't just have to do underpants. You can also have socks coming every week. You don't just have to do like one set of socks or underwear either. You can have a couple different. So you can have women undies coming, men undies coming, socks coming. You can have like a a whole little stack of the you know your top shelf and your um of your of your dresser all just yep. showing up every month well, yep. like it'd be awesome even with the socks they got the the no-show socks they got the ankle socks and they got the long high socks it, literally everything it's all micromodal it's all incredibly soft it is the softest material I, i'm gonna go with other than cashmere that i've ever felt mm. it's it's just yeah. beautiful it's so well constructed it's free shipping and the membership is 19.99 a month it's it's really if you think about it you spend a lot more money on nothing and here yeah. you're getting something you're going to wear forever. Yeah, you spend so much more money on toilet paper. Now you just use you have me undies, get wear them until they're done, get a new pair the next month. Is that that's how that's how underpants work? You wear just one that's pair how a Jason's month, right? underpants work. Shut up, maybe. <laughs> I'm not using my underpants with toilet paper. You're using your underpants with toilet paper. <laughs> so yes, it is. Do we have a new offer code? Um, it's it's offer code stuck. We just got it um, because of the the changeover in the quarter. It uh, just moved over for a few days, but we're back on offer code stuck for fifteen percent off your first pair of undies or your uh, membership. Plus, if you go right now, you get twenty five percent off their V Day collection just because they love you, and also because butts. Wait, does that mean that they get twenty five percent off and fifteen percent off? If they hey, use I, offer code I stuck? don't make those rules. That that is up. That is between you and the internet algorithm That's to figure cool. out. It, I cool. hope so. All yeah. right, so MeUndies.com, offer code stuck, 15% off, free shipping. If you don't like it, by the way, you don't even have to return it. They'll just give you your money back. Just say, I don't right. like it. They're like, Damn keep the underwear. Damn right. So we got some stuff to talk about today. I just, yeah, uh, I wanted right. to chat, a, chat, chat a little bit with you about a few things. Um, number one, I was just wondering if you watched uh, the new Saturday Night Live with Regina King. Um, no. I, I, don't I worry want about to. it. I want to. And I, I I almost feel guilty not watching it. Is it worth my time? Because I really was going to ask you if this is uh, you know worth it. Um, I've been watching this season, and there's been a couple good ones. I did not expect a lot from Regina King because I figured she would not be able to. She said, "I noticed that a lot of actors that are like traditional actors right. struggle a little bit because they want to read their lines. They're not necessarily into it. I thought Regina King pulled it off. I thought she did a wonderful job. She, she, she puts herself into it. You really felt like she was doing the thing. There was a couple, <laughs> there was one of them that re- there were a couple that I really liked that I, um, that I was going to ask you about. There's a, first of all, there's a gorilla glue one about the, the lady who did, who put gorilla glue. This on her is hair. insane. This is yeah. absolutely insane. This really happened, right? This woman, right. You, you were telling me about this. She, she didn't have hairspray. Yeah, so she used Gorilla Glue, and she had to, uh, yeah, it was a pretty big mess. Uh, it's like putting spikes and attaching them to your scalp, right? Yeah, so she basically had to go to, um, she had to uh, oh uh, go to a plastic surgeon or somebody who kind of figured out a formula of something that could dissolve it without, like, burning through her skull. Uh, but, yeah, they had a really funny uh, sketch on that. My favorite, my favorite one. <laughs> now I really want to see it. Go on. My favorite. <laughs> favorite favorite sketch which may not have been like the most appropriate sketch or maybe the um was a, a sketch about um where there's an mtv dating show um mm-hmm. but it was about her it was regina king looking for the cringe who was turned on by cringy white guys that are about <laughs> in their 40s um and so the three bachelors it's kyle mooney uh mikey day <laughs> and alex moffett and like 
The first thing Kyle Mooney says as soon as it was his turn is like, first, big shout out to the notorious RBG, like Black Lives Matter. Like, that's how he announces himself onto the thing. Um, I'm going to play just a little bit of this for you guys. Notorious RBG. Uh, yeah. So we're not going to play the whole thing because I won't be able to, but I'm just going to play a couple little pieces of this because it cracks me up. That's really funny. Okay. I'm watching this for sure. All right. So... Just listen, yeah, give me one I was second. Just, no, no, it's okay. I was just going to say I was glad when we were mentioning the cringy white guys. I was glad it wasn't Pete Davidson because he's he, he's the most cringy, but then he might have been right because he just looking at him makes me cringe. Well, exactly. Fans, exactly. Pay to see me naked. Exactly. <laughs> oh, she's good. But I'm good. Hell yeah. Now, based on Kendra's type, we found three potential love matches, but she can only pick one for that hella romantic day on us. So, Kendra, <laughs> tell us what. You're no, only me. It's just me <laughs> for this part. What's your type? Yeah, well, so I'm looking for a sure thing, a man that will worship me. That's why I want a cringy white dude in his early 40s. <laughs> I love her voice. She's so good at this, and she acts and has a blast. She's great, so natural. Well, Kendra, it was not hard to find three single cringy white dudes. All right, dudes so this is my favorite part. This is just this will give you just a little sample of it. All right, so you see these three guys. One's in a pork pie hat. Kendra. How psyched are you on Kamala Harris? <laughs> I support strong women. And if you don't, shame on you. You should die. <laughs> I like that. That is some top shelf cringe right there. Mama <laughs> like it. Oh, weed gummy was so good. Yeah, Nancy was saying, okay. yeah, weed gummy is so good. All right, good. Next <laughs> is Kevin Parkins. Kendra, this pie. song's for you, my queen. Two, three. Four, say one, two, three. Princess kneel before you. Just go ahead now, pick me, and I will adore you. Did I mention that I'm a musician? Thank you. <laughs> this is Baby, terrible. who wouldn't like that? Well, looks like DJ Sniz didn't love it. She looks like she's in a Japanese horror movie right now. <laughs> I love it. I just love this scene. She's got it going on. Ding. I'm cooked. Mm. America, I'm officially in heat. Yeah, at, least, at least someone is. And finally, meet Link Bronwyn. Hello, Kendra. Oh, this one's so good too. Happy Black History Month to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, they told us to say something flirty here, but forgive me, I'm not the best at being flirty. <laughs> Oh, I can feel my face getting red. I'm crushing and burning. You, you, you. Um, I'll be in here. <laughs> I'm watching this for sure. This yeah. is, and there are other good skits. They sketches? have a lot of. There's, a, there's a few really good sketches. There's a there's a Peloton ad in this one that's about like you know using Peloton <laughs> to. Uh, Basically, um, like the, instead of them supporting you, it's all about insults and like uh, passive aggressive stuff that it was really funny. The weed gummy one is there's a song called Weed Gummies that Nancy's referencing. <laughs> Fucking hilarious where it's just like they, like uh, Regina King accidentally eats a weed gummy right before she's going to uh, help with a hostage negotiation. And so the <laughs> gummy bears show up on the roof and then uh, it's weird and fun. Okay. Uh, um, there's there's a cup there, there there's a one that she does where she plays like a 70s singer uh, and they're just going over her uh, 
her writer and she just pulls it off like every line she's snappy i thought she did a great job it didn't get as great a reviews as i think it deserved because the one before was dan levy i thought was really funny dan, yeah, dan levy killed it it's killed just it. you know but this one's great i thought you know i don't but you know dan levy had her, his dad there every other show has you know some other actor as a part of it and somebody else famous she didn't you know no they didn't bring any tricks out this is one of like no a standard support episode. No, no extra. Nobody, you know, nobody else came to see watch this with her. They, it was just right. her filling in it all. She does it. They do a great one with the women's theater where like they got these like the, the, they basically got some people to that do vagina monologues and brought them into kids to do a speech. <laughs> and so they changed all they did was change their their um their regular show that they do and change the word vagina to elbow. And it's <laughs> so stupid and funny. I love loved this this episode uh i i just wanted to bring it up because i thought they did a really good job especially other than the cold open stuff which i'm you know i i, I don't think that uh that uh that saturday night Live has been able to do political well in a long long time anyway but the other stuff was really good i just always fast forward through the cold open i, yeah. I haven't thought it was funny since the um i guess maybe the eddie murphy days yeah but i mean i liked i did Will i did Farrell. enjoy good uh not gonna do it yeah, not thousand Dana points of life. Yeah, you know the Dana Carvey. <laughs> Got to jiggle it. Got to yeah. jiggle it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> right. maybe there. I was thinking about when you said the Peloton thing. How long do you think it's going to be until someone figures out how to use Peloton sensors for sex? It's like, <sighs> hey, babe, we did better this time. The thrusts were like four point two. You know, oh, it's like, I'm, I mean, they're already long? there. Tell the Dildonics. It's probably already there. They probably already have measured thrust the same way. Like, remember in that movie. Um, uh, Rocky four when you see yes. like do you see um Drago you know, Rocky Rocky like dragging the wood and like he's going and training like a Russian would train like in the Russian wilderness right. and then like Drago's like punching the thing and it goes it goes up to like a hundred and then he's <laughs> punching it it's like it's like one of those things they have in a, a, an amusement park right. uh, but it's like and then by then he punches it goes like nine 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 it like spins around like all the way around and like he's destroyed it yes I'm sure somebody's got a thrust button and just <laughs> And just remember like, that rock, <laughs> like right to that ass button, right into like that right ass. when they make the smush, like right, right. That's how far. That's how sex sounds, right? This is where we've gone to, folks. President's Sorry. Day. This is what happened. And by the way, let me tell you that Rocky Four gave us Dolph Lundgren, and then Dolph Lundgren gave us He Man, Masters of the Universe. Yes, oh, that's true. Remember this. Remember yep. this. We yeah. chatted about this yesterday. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren, also the uh, the king uh, of Atlantis in uh, Aquaman, and, which and is another reason that movie is the greatest. And somehow we got Bridget Nielsen from all this. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know. And then she fell in love with Flavor Flav. And if without that, no Flavor of Love. Jesus Christ. Flavor Flav. What happened to Tila Tequila? Oh, she she got super problematic and like became like a juggalo and like a racist and started doing like like no, Nazi she's stuff. One yeah. Of those? Yeah. No, like not not just a little bit. Not like undercover gaslighty, but like full on like Zig Heil kind of. Wait, the ICP are racists? No, not all of them, but she did get into that crew and then evolved from there. I mean, yes, a not maybe not them directly all the way, but like their people, their followers aren't always the nicest to everybody. I've I've met plenty of plenty of guy who's like, I don't like rap or any of those that stuff, but I sure like that ICP. Right, but the um, ICP are always on Stern, right? I mean, like Stern. Yeah, they they really evolved back from you know they've had their moments. They I think that they they technically, but it's one of those things like their followers aren't always you know they don't always see the same eye to eye. Oh. Jason left. Well, while he's gone, I think he'll be back any second. That being said, I had to watch. I didn't have to watch it, but I, I, 
I chose. I chose to watch this movie on Amazon Prime called Bliss, which again, it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's like a variation of The Matrix with Owen Wilson and uh, Selma Hayek. And again, you know, I, I watch things with subtitles. It's just how I watch everything because aside from, you know, the regular reasons you're doing it, you get to see like what songs they're picking. They give you the lyrics of the song sometimes. And also, you know, they're taking the subtitles from the script. So there's things in the script. I know you're back. So there's things in the script that you get to see that are on the subtitles that they're not even saying in the dialogue. And sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll see background dialogue that gets put in the subtitles and it helps you piece together the story more. But I was talking about watching uh, bliss, but before I get, more into that for a second the last thing i said was teal tequila what she's just doing sex tapes now oh no uh, yeah i got so excited i wasn't telling you can find <gasps> the article out there she's the self-proclaimed alt-reich r-e-i-c-h queen um yeah wow wow i still kind of want a larry david her though <laughs> you know like he did with the muslim oh yeah <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> nuts Tequila Carrillo, the former queen of MySpace, now self-declared Nazi, has this pinned tweet. Women who complain about Trump saying grab him by the pussy are retards because I love getting grabbed by the pussy. Uh, It's adjacent to her Twitter bar, which reads, alt-right queen, literally Hitler. Wait, is she on Twitter? I don't know if she's anymore. This is They let her on Twitter? This is as of 2016, so things may have moved since then, but yes. This is deep. I mean, listen, I was, you know, I always thought that you know, she was a deeply disturbing kind of being before any of this, but at least there was like a nonsensical thing that you could get, but now it's gotten serious. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she's, she's completely out of control. In March, 2018, she uploaded a YouTube video to confess she was neither a lesbian nor bisexual. She only pretended to be in order to create ratings for a shot of love with tequila, 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 and had a boyfriend while doing the show. Additionally, she associated homosexuality with the devil and referred to her former contestants on the show as degenerate and disgusting. Yeah, so she's, all the sex tapes she did with the two women and her girlfriend, uh, the Johnson and Johnson uh, woman that she was with, that's all fake. That's yep. deep fake news. Yep. Didn't happen. Yep. None of us jerked off to that. Nope. Never happened. Never. Never. Yeah. No, you got to take that yeah. back. Yeah. Save those. <laughs> I mean, so her and Gina Carano, if we can put them on an island yeah, uh, they with wouldn't, Ben they Shapiro. Would, they, they would never touch anybody but Ben Shapiro and only if they were in um, engaged in Congress that was monogamous and fit in with their alt-right views. Shapiro, is, he, is he, he's not... Uh, I'm going to say he's Jewish. I mean, my gut tells me he's Jewish, which is, you know, all the worst. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's like one of those Jews that's like, I'm not a Jew, I'm a Nazi. Right. You know, so, so I don't know what happened with the three Get of them. the Jews! Between the three of them, I would say that it would end up being like three dead people. Yeah, cool. We, like, what's the Gina name? Gina Carano of that would be eating them at the end because she's the biggest and meanest of all of them. She's taller than both of them put together. I think you, if you were to stand Ben Shapiro and Tila Tequila on top of each other, put a, a, a like a Nazi outfit on them, they would make one goose stepping monster that would Gina barely Carano be a size. size. <laughs> yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. I mean, this is it's amazing how much has come out into the light. And it's not about news, it's about hate. And mm. it's just, you know, people are just feeling so emboldened. Right. So like embrazened, I should say, by by what? I guess it was by the previous administration. I'm not. too. Well, I, I, I mean, I think I think it's partially that, but I, I think it's partially um, this, you know, and there's a thing out there that um, that isn't political that but it, it applies mm-hmm. into it. There's a certain group of people in the world. Um, and I've had a lot of talks with, you know, with my family about this, but uh, that feel like their voice that 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 mistake the concept of 
appropriateness and good taste and thoughtful discourse with censorship and feel like their voices are being silenced and they're, they, they're trying to make a case that the banning of hate speech or the attempts to get people riled up and to become violent about uh, and hate um, mm -hmm. on these platforms is, is amount to censorship. Um, and that's what Gina Carano was basically saying, like, oh, you censor me? Well, you know, the Nazis, you know, that's what the, the Nazis did to the Jews, right? Like, but no, it's not the same thing. It's, you know, <laughs> at all what they're doing. I, 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 yeah, I mean, addressing that is even like, you know, it's it's like, uh, I don't even know. I don't want to waste time is what it's yeah, like. But, but, that, but that's the thing. That's I mean, that's, I think part of what emboldens them is the concept that they, they're not shamed by it. They've, they've figured out a way to make it a badge of honor. Like, I'm just a, I'm a freedom fighter. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim yeah. of this, but I'm also I'm also telling the truth. Like the, the, the this concept. Like I don't know. I, I I blame. Um, you know, we can get all the way into it. I kind of blame uh, uh, all those TV shows from back in the day, Jerry Springer and all that stuff for mm. giving me. You know, maybe I, my body. I'll do giving what I want. It's my choice. Like I, yeah, like well, just like giving the, to this concept that like every opinion is valid and deserves. <laughs> He deserves discourse on, you know. <laughs> well, I want to be clear about one thing though, uh, and that's this. Well, it's two things. First thing is that I don't, I don't think anyone should be censored because of their political views, no matter right. how much Hollywood or anyone disagrees with it. If you like Trump, if you like yeah. Nixon, if you like whoever you like, you're allowed to like. You're allowed to talk about. I also want to take it a step further. Being a Jew, you know, and um, or being raised very, uh, you know, modern Orthodox, and as you can tell by all my tattoos now. Mm -hmm. But be, you know, I, you know, anti-Semitism is something that you know is very close to me mm -hmm. and being uh, so Jewish, it, I want to be clear, I am all for hate speech. I think they should be allowed to say whatever they want, whenever they want, you know, for two specific reasons. The first one is it brings it into the light. We mm -hmm. get to know who you are and what you're talking about. But let me be clear. I don't think you should be censored. You should be allowed to say anything you want. It doesn't mean you should be employed by certain mm -hmm. places. doesn't mean you get to keep your job. Keeping right. your job because you're an anti-Semitic racist fuck doesn't, mm -hmm. isn't hand yeah. in hand with free speech. Free right. speech is you get to say whatever you want and capitalism means we get to hire whoever we want. Right. And Don't confuse the two. That's all. Yeah, I agree with you. I, 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 I take it a step sideways from there. I think... <laughs> Go ahead, sidestep. Because you're sidestep wise, <laughs> when it comes to having freedom of speech, means you get to say whatever you want and don't go to jail for it. But it doesn't mean you necessarily get to put it up in a place like Twitter. Yeah, capitalism. Twitter can decide. It's just the same way we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody. They, everyone should have that right. You know, that, listen, you know, if you don't want to serve Jews, okay. I mean, look at the Los Angeles Athletic Club. I mean, look at all right. the country clubs. Look at Augusta. You know, I mean, these places, they have a way to, to, to discriminate. And it's been going on since the beginning of time, but definitely the beginning of America. This is capitalism, right? So you don't necessarily have a safe space to do it in, but you can scream it from your roof and we'll yeah. give you a permit to do it. Yeah, yeah. nobody's trying to silence you. Just nobody wants to hear your shit from that. You know, if you're going to cite violence, you know, too bad. You don't get that platform. Make right. your own. If you, right. there's a reason, you know, if that platform doesn't like you, you're welcome to build your own and make all those noises. You won't go to jail. Yeah, if we wanted to start spouting all kinds of hate and bullshit, Apple would kick us off, Spotify, Stitcher, and you know what? Could you blame them? Mm -mm. No, no. And we, but, Starburns Audio would kick us off, and I run the place. Yeah, that's exactly right. And listen, right. those are, we don't censor anybody, but we also don't bring on voices that are going to hurt our other voices. We have so many different, unique, and that's part of this responsibility well part. You know, we have we have people of all from that come from all different um, backgrounds, Muslim. You know, I'm an atheist, you know, uh, you know, 
uh, Latinx, Jewish, female, LGBTQ, uh, non-binary, uh, you know, and I mean, some people are a mix of all these in comedy, old, old white man, mm-hmm. <laughs> young white man, <laughs> female, Filipinos. male, black, uh, right. you know, you know, from all different aspects. If you want to really demographic everything out, we have a lot of different, we had a lot of quadrants because we want to give as many different types of uh, thoughts and creatives um, and, and, and people uh, as much of a platform as they can. We don't want to censor any of that, but we also have a rule. Like you're not going to, you're not going to um, express your, your views at the expense of the other people on there. And we want everybody to feel safe and you can do that really easily. It's just called, don't be a dick to other people. Have you, <laughs> you know, yeah. treat everybody with respect that you'd want. And, Most and you important can, thing and, and you can, yeah. And you can, you can argue whatever you need to, as long as you respect and appreciate and understand that like, all that stuff there. And that's, I think that's to me, that's key for all this stuff on, on my side of the fence. Like we couldn't, you know, we have some, you know, we have some people that probably lean a little more conservative than I would like, but that part doesn't step into, you know, they're not trying to step on anybody's toes and they want to make everybody happy. And yeah. Amen. And let me tell you something, Jason, this was worth running a few minutes over for. I don't usually have these conversations, but since it's president's day and it just seemed like, you know, uh, it felt, it felt right. So I'm glad. I, I agree. Me I'm too. glad we had this. So uh, we're we're done for the day. So uh, as always, we hope you enjoyed our our little show here. So stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. I hope your lambs stop leeting, Cliff Dorfman. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I love you.